Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Huge election light uh, last night. A ton of takeaways. Some very important takeaways that could have impacts, not just for 2022, the election cycle we're in now, but for 2024 as well. Folks, I think a seismic shift in politics is happening right now. One of those punctuated equilibrium moments, dinosaurs getting wiped out kind of moments in politics. I'm not kidding. I don't, I don't think that's a, that's a hyperbolic statement. I'll tell you why, and I'll back it up with some data, as I always do. And you can form your own opinion. Folks, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. I protect my online activity from prying eyeballs with a VPN. You should, too. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Pick it up today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. An exciting day today. I've got that, including one of the funniest videos I've seen in the while from a, uh, a YouTube guy. It's pretty hilarious. This guy, James Klug. Check that out. A little comic relief in the, in the, in the beginning of the show today. Uh, don't miss that. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. Lots to cover today. Okie dokie, daddy-o. Here we go. Yes, it's okie dokie. Okie That reminds me of True Romance. See that movie? I love that movie. Okie dokie, doggy daddy. One of my yeah. favorite movies before Hollywood went all woke and stuff. So big takeaways from last night's elections in Nevada, South Carolina, other uh, Maine was in North Dakota as well. Big, big night. Big night for Trump-endorsed candidates as well. Some uh, even on the left were forced to acknowledge that the, the Trump endorsement still holds a lot of whack. Now, a couple of things about last night's election. You're seeing the impacts of inflation right now, even in these primaries. That will cover it extensively. But last night, good night for Trump candidates. Adam Laxalt, who won the United States Senate nomination in the great state of Nevada. Adam Laxalt has been on my show many times. He was a Trump endorsed candidate, also endorsed by Ron DeSantis. So they both agree. He's probably the best candidate to take on Mastow. So big night for her, uh, for him. Also a big night, Tom Rice, a congressman, lost his primary. He was one of these guys that decided to go all in on anti-Trumpism. Uh, that didn't end well, Joe. That did not yeah. end well. Listen, I'm all, I, I'm, all, I, I, I'm a big supporter of the president. Okay, sorry, let me stumble through this, but I want to make sure I get this precisely. I'm a big supporter of President Trump. I'd like to see him run again. I think he could be a transformative figure in this country. Having said that, I respect other people have different opinions. But what I think is really dumb politically is making Donald Trump and hating Donald Trump kind of the key tenant of your campaign. Joe, not a good idea. No. Tommy Rice found that out the hard way last <laughs> night in South Carolina where he lost uh, to Fry last night. Uh, Joe Lombardo won the governor nomination in Nevada as well. I think he was endorsed by Trump. I'm pretty sure. So that worked out pretty well. The one downside to the Trump endorsed candidates was Nancy Mace, who Trump didn't like very much, was running against Katie Harrington. Uh, she won. She won by about eight points. She won pretty handily. Um, so listen, I, a Republican in this case is obviously going to be better than a Democrat. I'm not a huge Nancy Mace fan. I think that's been obvious from the start. But, uh, you know, I'm not stupid either. 
Like I say, Republicans aren't going to be the solution to all your problems, but Democrats are the cause of all my problems. Uh, and I am going to vote against Democrats. So Nancy Mace did win that one. Uh, 53, was it uh, 53% of votes? She won by about eight points. So that was interesting. But political playbook where I always go to find out what the crazy leftist lunatics are thinking about the next day. Had a few takeaways. One right, one, of course, insane. You always got to throw an insane thing in there. But they laid out the strategy. I kind of just hinted at it. If you are going to be a non-Trump candidate, in other words, someone he doesn't endorse, I'm running, say he endorses, I'm running against Joe and he endorses Joe against me. There's a path to win here, despite not having Trump's endorsement. And it's not the Tom Rice path, Joe. The Tom Rice path of double-barreled, family-friendly, middle-finger Donald Trump is probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> he commands a good amount of support in the Republican side. Rice, I guess, couldn't get that through his head. So takeaway number one from last night's elections, political playbook finally gets something right. They note here that so far this year, the Trump-targeted Republicans who've survived his wrath have run campaigns and embraced Trump even as he spurns them. I think that's why Mo Brooks may do well in uh, Alabama, too. Whether it's uh, Idaho Governor Brad Little, Johnson in South Dakota, or Nancy Mace in South Carolina, these victors were all careful not to run against Trump. Matter of fact, Nancy Mace actually went up to Trump Tower in New York. I don't know if you remember this. After Trump endorsed her opponent, Katie Harrington, and filmed this video basically supporting Trump. So there's a path there. Politico is not wrong. Trump, if he endorses your opponent and you come out, uh, you know, hell hath no fury like me scorned and you start attacking Trump like Tom Rice, you're probably going to lose. But if you come out and say, listen, I didn't get the endorsement. Uh, I, I'm he's not a fan of mine, but I'm a fan of him and what he did for the country or something like that. I mean, I'm not suggesting any kind of language, you know, kissing anybody's ass or anything, but you get the point. But like kind of like what Brian Kemp did, you stand the chance. Political playbook. Finally, Joe. What's that thing? Blind squirrel, Joe? Not once in a while. Once in a while. <laughs> Sniffing around once in a blue moon, right? Okay. The biggest story, I think, of the night. Takeaway number two, the deuce. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, if I'm, I'm not an evolutionary biologist, so if I'm, if I'm mischaracterizing this term, I shouldn't use it if I'm not absolutely sure. But I just remember in anthropology and, and, and uh, evolutionary biology and courses like that that I took, this idea of a punctuated equilibrium, Joe, how you have this mild evolution of species, and then boom, some major event happens. An asteroid, a volcanic eruption hits Earth, whatever it may be, and you look at the fossil record, and everything changes after that. I'm telling you, story number two is one of those economic, political, geopolitical, punctuated equilibrium, equilibrium moments. The Hispanic vote. And, you know, a Hispanic vote is a dopey Democrat term. It's not a Hispanic vote. There's people who are Hispanic who vote. But play the game for a minute. People who are Hispanic who vote have largely voted in lockstep with the Democrat agenda for a long time. That always puzzled me because the Hispanic voters I know and have dealt with while running for office myself are largely conservative and faith-based. So it always puzzled me how they'd vote for Democrats. Folks, that's all changing. It's changing right now. It's changing right in front of your face. Last night, Texas Congressional District 34, a district that is 84 to 85% Hispanic, a district that has been 
dominated by Democrat politics. A Republican won there last night in a special election, Maya Flores. Now she'll be up again in November, and the Democrats will probably have a different candidate there. We'll have a different candidate. But folks, I'm telling you, this is an earthquake. A Hispanic female, a Mexican-American female who is a Republican, not only won, but kicked this guy's ass. This is a big deal. This is not a small deal, and this is not limited to one Texas congressional district. We are seeing this here with me in South Florida. I live in South Florida. It is happening here. It's almost impossible in South Florida, in the Cuban or Venezuelan communities anymore, to find voters who are going to vote lockstep with the Democrat agenda. The Puerto Rican community up in Orlando is starting to flip too. This is a seismic shift, but do you understand why? Why? The why matters and why always matters. The Democrats have played demographic destiny cards forever. It's the bedrock of the Democrat replacement theory. That's their thing. They felt like the growth of the Hispanic voting population, Joe, in the United States was going to provide insurmountable election math where they could never lose an election again. They thought Hispanic voters were theirs forever. So therefore, they did nothing to cater to them. Oh, they'll vote for us. They'll vote for them us like black voters do. Right. That's changing, too. If Hispanic voters who the Democrats, through their demographic destiny arguments, their arguments. Can you imagine, Joe, the miscalculation if you based your entire long term national election strategy? on demographic destiny that turned around and blew up in your face and was actually destiny for the other party instead. (laughs) The verdict is in. That sounds like a up to me. And it rhymes with tuck. MSNBC starting to see the MSNBC. This clip's not from Fox. This isn't Newsmax. Here's a clip last night from MSNBC about Texas 34. Mexican-American GOP, soon to be representative now, Maya Flores. Here's MSNBC like, eh, yeah, Houston, we got a problem. In this case, it's south of Houston. Check this out. This district right now is one that voted for Barack Obama with more than 60% of the vote, voted for Hillary Clinton by more than 20 points. This is part of that story we've been telling since the 2020 election, especially along the border in South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley. Massive, massive shifts towards the Republicans among Hispanic voters. And it's a story that's extended outside of Texas to South Florida, to other areas of the country. And it's a big one to keep an eye on this fall in the midterm elections, the Hispanic vote perhaps up for grabs in ways we haven't seen in recent elections. Folks, that's MSNBC. It's not Fox. He just said it right, Joe. You're going to see Democrats now. Build that wall. Hell yeah. Build that wall. Yeah. Build, right? Yeah. They're going to want a wall 72 feet high. Moats, alligators. Watch. There's such fakes and phonies. Watch. He just said it while we're watching that clip. MSNBC starting to acknowledge that... the, the, the seismic shift. I mean, like that movie San Andreas where California like breaks off from the United States. Like this is what's this is the level of earthquake, political earthquake you're about to see. I'm telling you, please look me in the eyeballs, folks. I'm telling you, if the Hispanic voting population, Venezuelans, people from Spain, Mexico, the Spanish-speaking population in the United States, and 
non-Hispanic speaking, but Hispanic second generation Hispanic voters, start voting in mass for Republicans, the Democrat Party, as you know it, could be finished for 10, 20 years. MSNBC themselves starting to acknowledge a hard reality. Final point. Trace, takeaway number three here. Political playbook, of course, loses their mind. They always have to. I mean, Lizza and Daniels, take one, you know, blind squirrel. Now they're back to being blind again. They note that 2020 election deniers are winning everywhere. Wait, but before we even get to the rest of the quote, <laughs> does anyone see the, anyone getting that? <laughs> Why am I laughing? So people who are running, denying that elections happen are winning elections. How are they winning? How are they winning if the election didn't happen? I don't Joe, am I missing that? 2020 election deniers are winning. They're election deniers. They're denying that elections happen. Is that, that's what that would mean, right? Now, you could call it sensibly, uh, if you're rationally, election results deniers. Now, we know what deniers means, carries it. I'm not saying that it's a nice or moral thing to do. I'm just saying, okay, maybe they don't believe in the results. But election deniers, you see what that... it's meant as a maximum insult, election deniers. Yet the insult is really to liberals who sound like morons. 2020 election deniers are winning the elections. They deny it happened everywhere. Libs, uh, finally, let me read the rest of this because the libs aren't getting it. Now, Joe, we haven't said this in a while, but in some limited circles, you would call this a, a clue. You would call it a clue that, quote, it's becoming more common than not for Republicans who support what they call false election fraud theories to win GOP primaries. In many places, it is now the establishment GOP position. What they're talking about is Jim Marchant in Nevada, who won the secretary of state position. Now, he's not an election denier. He ran in an election. He doesn't deny elections happen. In some circles, you'd call that a clue, folks, that the GOP voters out there place a priority. Maybe the number one issue for them is election integrity. Now, you would think the Democrats would catch on to that because the because uh, the Democrats are so committed to cheating in elections, they would rather lose elections repeatedly over and over to a growing body of the electorate that cares about election integrity than actually admit that they should do it the right way. Political playbook plays right into it. Election deniers. They're denying an election happened? How'd they win an election? They deny it happened. Idiots. Big night last night. Keep your eye. I'm going to get to the Hispanic voter thing in another It's not just that. It's not just that. The reason I think we're at an asteroid-like moment, a political earthquake, San Andreas cracking the fault lines movement in politics. It's not just the Hispanic vote. There's something else happening, the Wall Street Journal acknowledged, with inflation and gas prices, and they lay it out beautifully. I lived through it. I was very young. Joe remembers it a little better than me. But the Reagan-Carter stagflation era, ladies and gentlemen, changed everything. It gave the Republican Party a 12-year run like they haven't had in 30, 40 years. We'll get to that. I want to get to this first. It's just kind of, I don't like putting comic relief moments in the beginning of the show, but it was President Trump's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Mr. Trump. Um, and this guy on a YouTuber, James Clue, went out. And this is kind of funny. He just starts asking people with a microphone, hey, do you want to wish President Trump a happy birthday? Some people are flipping him off. Some people say to tell him to go himself. You get the point. Some people were nice. But I found this part of the video hilarious. There's up this older white couple, and uh, they are just furious. They want President Trump in jail in an orange jumpsuit. I mean, literally, that's what they say. 
And then this younger black guy comes in who's a Trump supporter and confronts them. And if they, I don't even know if this is real or stay, I have no idea. It, it looks pretty real to me, but it's kind of funny regardless. And this older white couple is stunned. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're a Trump supporter? What you, tell me this doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the guy's black. They're like stunned. Joey, go in to show you like out of the left. They can't get out of their identity politics thing. Watch this. This is hilarious. He's a bad, guy. bad man. He's Come caused on. untold harm to our country. He needs to go away and go to prison where he belongs. I can't wait to see him in an orange jumpsuit. What does he need to go to prison for? For all the crimes that he's committed. Like what? Like oh, trying to overthrow our country? Hello? Where have you been, dude? Did you riot? No. Did he tell him to go do that? <laughs> yeah, he did tell him to go do that. Did you watch the rally? I did. I can I can literally memorize the quotes. You're hopeless. If you don't see it, you're hopeless. Where did he Where did he tell him to go do that? Exactly. Like what part of it? The speech? Where did he? When he said? Like what he said? Let's fight. If you don't fight, we're not going to have a country oh, you anymore. The, you mean the quote, fight like hell? Oh, yeah. Bernie Sanders said that. A lot of other Democrats said that. And then when Trump say that, then it's bad, right? Dude, you're a Trump fan? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm from Compton. And, and, and guess what? And I'm from Compton, California, too. And I'm a Trump fan. Listen, I, I can't. I don't. I don't. I, I love that video. I don't even. I'm just throwing it in there. That's really. Watch it. Uh, rumble.com slash Bongino. If you want to watch the cut, you can always check him out. I think he's on uh, YouTube, which I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, that's where the, the James Klug, very, <laughs> very funny video. All right. I got a lot to get to. I got to move on here. Uh, let me get to my next sponsor. Here's what's coming up. Folks, this political earthquake is due to a couple different issues. I told you the demographic shift in Hispanic voters, hugely important inflation. Inflation changes everything. Inflation and gas prices. It is a, the kitchen table issues determine politics. There is no more kitchen table issue than forcing people into bankruptcy because they can't travel around because they can't fill up their gas tanks. None. I'll show you what the Biden administration is doing to make it worse. Coming up. Folks, today's show brought to you by our friends at We The People Holsters. They were one of my original sponsors too. They've been with me a long time. This is my actual We The People holster. You'll see it. This is the fitted one. This is in the waistband. I love this holster. I just got a pancake holster too from them. They are the best holsters I've ever used. I'm very sensitive about my equipment for my firearm. If you want a handgun, you know how it's a struggle to find the perfect holster. You know it. Some of them are too loose. They're not fitted right. The button doesn't work right. Not anymore. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. They've solved the problem for you. With over 2,500 different holster configurations, they're the perfect destination for patriotic American gun owners. And right now, when you go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, you can get 25% off with the offer code DAN25. That's DAN25. Not to mention their holsters, belts, and gear are all proudly made in America. Sometimes you'll see me with the shirts on. Today I got a fold shirt on, but you'll see me with those shirts. I always get questions. Dan, where do you get those awesome t-shirts? The answer, wethepeopleholsters.com slash DAN. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash DAN right now and start shopping. Make sure you use this specific website, wethepeopleholsters.com slash DAN, to get an additional 25% off with the offer code DAN25. That's DAN25. This offer isn't available anywhere except wethepeopleholsters.com slash DAN. Pick up their shirts, the gun belts, the tactical equipment, their, holster, uh, their holsters, they're amazing. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. Check them out today. Go surf around their site. You're going to love it. wethepeopleholsters.com slash DAN. We, the people holsters.com slash Dan. Use offer code Dan25. That's Dan25. Thanks, we, the people. We appreciate it.
As I said, folks, the theme of today's show is this is not a small shift coming in politics. We have the potential. You know, my friend, uh, if, I, if I may point a personal privilege, Joe, my friend Brian, a pol- former uh, detective, we went to the police academy together. He's been a good friend of mine for a long time. He listens to my show. He called me yesterday. Uh, I, you know, I'm always like brushing my teeth when he calls, which he makes. He's like, what do you brush your teeth like a thousand times a day? I'm like, no, you just call me like the worst time every time. So we're chatting. And he's like, man, you know, your show is depressing lately. I get it. I'm trying to warn you about what's coming so you can prepare. Today's going to be a little bit of good news, though, folks. Inflation, the demographic destiny the Democrats have touted with Hispanic voters and gas prices. I'm telling you, we're going to change things. And we may be setting ourselves up. If you have kids or you've got a good solid 10, 20 years of life left in you, which I hope I have, God willing, right? We may be setting ourselves up for a new and different America going forward that is far superior to the America we have now led by the welfare state. Here's what I mean. Gas prices, folks. There's no more kitchen table issue. It's one of your biggest expenses, along with food and rent, is gas. Having gas hovering at $5 a gallon is, 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 is unimaginably bad for the electoral politics. I, I think of a story, forgive me for not having it. I know we always bring receipts, but it just occurred to me. I think it was Obama who was telling a Democrat, maybe Biden, maybe someone else, but you can look it up. I know it's out there, that his chances of reelection when he ran again against Romney were directly tied to gas prices. Obama, who was a little more politically astute than Biden, who's just a loser, he understood this. It is a kitchen table issue, as kitchen tabley as kitchen table as you get. Now, Biden's in the middle of a kind of a conundrum here. Obama was a little more politically tactical and understood strategery better. Biden is a corrupt loser. And as I've said to you often, because he's hated by everyone, everyone, universally, the Democrats know he's weak. The far left has figured out that he's so corrupt and weak. That if you pat him on the back and rub his shoulders and tell him he's great, that they can use him as a useful idiot. So Biden caters to them because they're the only people who want him around because they know he's a useful idiot. Does that make sense? The moderates don't want anything to do with him. They don't want him in their districts. They don't want him around. The leftist useful idiots use him. So he does whatever they want. So he's in this weird kind of conundrum right now, folks. He needs gas prices to come down to hold power in 2022 and have a chance in 2024. But his far left wants no more production here of oil and gas. Matter of fact, they want it shut down here. So what do you do? If you can't increase the supply here, you're never going to bring down the price. So Biden's in this really weird spot catering to the left wing. So someone whispered in his ear, You're going to be held politically liable for this in 2022 and 2024. You need a new boogeyman. So, of course, the boogeyman now is going to be big oil did it. Here we go. Axios this morning, Mike Allen. President Biden today will send letters to CEOs of the largest oil company saying he's considering invoking, Joe, emergency powers to boost U.S. refinery. Emergency powers. What? To boost output, which is hilarious because he just canceled oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Alaska. I'll get to that in a second. He just did that. This is all show pony stuff. This is all bullshit. All of it. They know why it matters. Biden's direct engagement with the oil giants is part of an ongoing White House effort to tame fuel prices despite limited options. 
and cast oil companies as responsible for consumers' higher bills. This guy's disgusting, folks. He's disgusting. The guy is grotesque. He is a zero-character, spineless jellyfish who knows he could, he could fix and alleviate this problem right now by boosting production at home. Remember, the oil and gas market, a significant chunk of the pricing is in futures contracts. People understand that the, the price comes down in the future. I know I've explained this, but just quickly again, most companies out there that use significant quantities of oil and gas, airlines, heavy industry, they, they're not in the oil and gas business. So what they do, folks, to avoid having to pay huge bills if the oil price goes up and gas price is they, they hedge it. They'll buy contracts like futures contracts on it, trying to level out the price over time. So if we would commit to oil and gas leases and sales in the Gulf and Alaska, it would dump the future price, which would make effectively the present price go down because a lot of these companies hedge the, the price in the future. It's two Democrats are pulling their hair. What do you mean? Because they're idiots. Here's Biden, however, yesterday, ignoring this completely, trying to blame the oil companies during a speech, yelling and screaming again. This, why is this guy always yelling at everyone all the time? Here's Biden yesterday screaming how he's changing people's lives. You want to talk about a guy that's totally out of touch, punctuated equilibrium, folks. There is a massive shift coming, and Joe Biden did it. Don't ever estimate this guy's ability to F things up. Quote Barack Obama. Check this out. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Yeah, hey, you're changing people's lives, yeah. all right, Joe, by doing things like this. Associated Press, Biden cancels offshore oil leases in Gulf Coast and Alaska. This was just last month. So he's invoking emergency powers. Emergency powers to what? Solve the emergency he caused by canceling all these leases? Folks, that story was in the AP, okay? It's not conservative review or some right-wing outlet. It happened. It's still happening. The story gets worse. Biden doesn't want to tell you the whole story. So he goes after all these greedy companies. Listen, I got no dog in this fight, man, okay? I'm not an oil executive. I don't know any oil executives person. I don't go out to dinner with them in a local restaurant. But Biden keeps telling you they're making record profits. He leaves out this side of the story. Wall Street Journal, big oil companies lose billions. Prepare for prolonged pandemic. Folks, they lost billions of dollars during COVID. If they were price gouging and screwing everyone over, why did they lose billions of dollars? And it's kind of weird when they have the opportunity to use price gouging laws to criminally prosecute these people. Joe, you know what's strange? They don't do it. Why is that? Yeah. Maybe because they don't want to go to court. Maybe because they know they'll get laughed out of court. You ever think about that? Gas prices, ladies and gentlemen, going to change everything. And remember when they laughed at us? Matt Margolis, PJ Media, when a bunch of conservatives indicated $5 gas was on the horizon. Remember when they laughed? Yes. This is a great piece. Yes, it's in sir. my newsletter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They thought this was hilarious. In November of 2020, experts came out of the woodwork, experts, to dismiss, what would we do without experts? To dismiss the idea that gas prices would skyrocket under Joe Biden, as conservatives predicted. The experts, Joe noted, a dubious meme has emerged online in conservative circles. The price of gasoline will spike because Joe Biden is taking office. The Washington Post reported the meme featured a gas station with gas prices over $5 a gallon. 
But the author dismissed the meme, insisting that although a president's actions, including Biden's climate policies, can nudge the price of oil, the effect is marginal at best. Experts say, what would we do without experts? Let me tell you something. I'm at the point now, I kid you not, where I hear what experts say and fact checkers, and you can be reasonably confident if you do the dipsy do flipperoo that the opposite is true. Every single time. Folks, this is all intentional too. Whether you're a Hispanic voter in Texas 34, a Hispanic voter anywhere in the United States, or someone from the middle class who doesn't have the luxury of living the uh, limousine liberal lifestyle, everybody's catching on that all of this is intentional. Biden is doing this on purpose. Here, here's his administration, Jennifer Granholm, a hapless, feckless cabinet secretary. Here's Jennifer Granholm. Talking about how, listen, man, you know, these high gas prices, you know, it makes a compelling argument for uh, electric cars. No, it makes a compelling argument to lower the gas prices by increasing the supply. I mean, we're only the world's biggest producer of oil and gas. But notice how the first thing she goes to is electric cars. I'm telling you, this is intentional. Check this out. You filled up your EV by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank, you would save $60 per fill up by going electric rather than using gasoline. So it's very compelling case. But again, to your point, we want to bring down the price at the point of purchase. She's got the Ukraine flag. She supports the current thing, of course. There's Jennifer Granholm. He makes a good point. I mean, she is an expert, uh, you know. So what you talking listen. about? I know. Joe, what do you mean, Joe, talking about? Come on, you don't have $60,000 laying around to go buy an electric car? Get with the program. <laughs> I'm tanking my the hell's electric wrong with car. You? Yeah. So out of touch. <laughs> yeah. So out of touch. Here's John Kerry. Climate zone, John Kerry. John Kerry married to Teresa Hines. Kerry flies around the world in private jets, <laughs> spewing jet exhaust all over the United States and the globe. Here's John Kerry on electric cars, too. I'm, folks, listen to me before I play this. I'm telling you right now, listen to me, please. Listen, please. This is all intentional. Biden knows he could lower gas prices tomorrow by dumping a lot of these unnecessarily regulation, unnecessary regulations on oil and gas producers and dramatically opening up the country for drilling. He knows he could do it tomorrow. He refuses. This is all intentional. Just buy a, go buy an electric car. Go buy an electric car. Let them eat Teslas. Here, check this out. Here's John Kerry. President Biden has made a very significant commitment for the United States to be, first of all, power sector carbon free by 2035. By 2035, to only be producing electric vehicles in the United States, which General Motors and Ford and others manufacturers have bought into. And they're now spending hundreds of millions of dollars to retool their plants in order to uh, produce those vehicles. This message hasn't changed. Kerry has been consistently saying this the entire time because it doesn't affect him. John Kerry flies around the globe in a private jet spewing jet exhaust all over the globe. He doesn't care. Let's go buy a Tesla. Go buy an electric car. Teslas are great cars, by the way. I love Elon Musk. Just saying, they're out of the price range of a lot of folks. Matter of fact, it's become a status symbol in a lot of middle-class neighborhoods of Tesla. Yeah. Because they're expensive. You know that. I mean, Joe's actually middle-class. Right? Here's what I want to get to next. The conundrum Biden finds himself in, where the left wing is whispering in his ear and rubbing his back, telling him how great he is by shutting down domestic supply. He also understands, maybe not him, but his people, Biden's just a dunce, understands there's no way he's going to get reelected and no way they, there's not an election bloodbath in 2022 at the polls. 
if he doesn't do something about gas prices. Now, I told you what he could do. He could increase production at home. He won't do it. So now what is he doing? He's gone over to kiss the arse of the Saudis. That's what he's doing, despite him attacking the Saudis not that long ago. So let's enrich the Saudis and the Russians, but definitely not enrich producers and job creators here in the United States. This is who's sitting in the Oval Office right now. The man is, what the man is doing is evil. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So, because Biden's in this odd situation where his left-wing bootlickers tell him, hey, you're a useful idiot, you're going to crush that domestic oil supply, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Hunter told me to do it or whatever, right? He needs to get oil from somewhere just to get through the election in 2022. And then they'll worry about the rest later. So Biden, who hates the Saudis, has sacrificed any principles he had whatsoever. Any principles. I, I believe in a more realpolitik. You know, the Saudis have done some really bad stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, there's bad actors all over the globe. Unfortunately, we're stuck doing business with a lot of these folks. That was more the Trump approach. We're not, I mean, uh, w- 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 there's only so much we can do to clean up the moral and ethical behavior of these countries. Are we going to deal with them or not? course we're going to call for human rights that's what we do but we're not going to destroy the united states in the process trump understood that biden didn't he was biden when he was running for president ripping into the saudis saying ah man forget that they're the worst and now all of a sudden he's kissing their ass here check this out and i would make it very clear we were not going to in fact sell more weapons to them we were going to in fact make them pay the price and make them in fact the pariah that they are there's very little social redeeming value of the in the present uh, government in saudi arabia so although i disagreed with him you know sometimes this diplomacy is better better handled behind closed doors right it's the old adage Two things that happen best behind closed doors, making war, making love, right? Behind closed doors. Biden, of course, because he's a dunce, doesn't get that. It's amazing, Joe, a guy who spent as long as he did in the Senate, has zero political skills whatsoever. Now, why do you not say things like that in public? Because later on, you may need the Saudis, which Trump understood. Now, hat tip Glenn Greenwald, who pointed this out. These three headlines about Trump and then Biden from The Atlantic about Trump with the Saudis versus Biden with the Saudis, tell you the whole story about why the media is a laughable bunch of goons. You should gaff off immediately. So when Donald Trump dealt with the Saudis, because we have to, not because we want to, the Atlantic just destroyed him. Here's three headlines. Again, hat tip Glenn Greenwald pointed this out. The brutal truth behind Trump's love affair with Saudi Arabia. Brutal. brutal. Joe Savage coming up next. Brutal truth. Next headline, for Trump, the truth about Jamal Khashoggi is besides the point. Next headline, the Atlantic, the end of American lip service to human rights. 
This is it. So that when Trump had to deal with the Saudis, understanding the real politics, the real world, they destroyed him. They pilloried him, right? Now Biden, who openly attacked the Saudis, is now going to meet the Saudis to beg them for oil, despite not producing oil here. And here we go. Headline Atlantic. Biden's right about Saudi Arabia. There you go. Adam Kinzinger fell over. Lego Adam Kinzinger. Shaped like a rhino. That's a geese special right there. Still trust the media, folks? They're not part of it. The media's not part of the truth tellers. They tell the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry you believe that. Really sad you got suckered by that hoax. All right, moving on. It's not just gas prices and the demographic shift and the Hispanic vote and their support for the GOP that is going to change everything. There is a seismic shift coming. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest earth-shaking movers in politics is inflation. Why? Folks, it's not just what you think. I mean, you may say, well, the reason's obvious, Dan. Inflation causes people to have to spend more their value, the value they earn through their income, and it has some, forces them to spend more on resources. It costs them more money. Yeah, okay, that's the obvious. We get that. But that's not just it. Inflation is a legitimate political game changer. It is the kitchen tableist of the kitchen table issues. Here, here's what I mean. Inflation's out of control. The PPI is at 10.8 producer price index. In other words, where producers are paying for inputs. And the CPI, consumer price index, is running at about 8.6 above 8. Ladies and gentlemen, this is unsustainable. At these rates, if this were to continue for, what, seven years, God forbid, it happened, folks. We had decade-long inflation. Joe remembers it in the Carter year. Not at that level, but we had huge decade-long inflation problems. Prices would double in 10 years. Yeah. Double. Now, CNN is, CNN, notice I'm using a lot of left-leaning clips to show you that the Democrats are starting again. By Democrats, I mean CNN and MSNBC. I played the Hispanic vote clip on MSNBC. Not because they want to tell the truth, but because they're interested in maintaining power. And they understand what I'm telling you, that if they don't fix the Hispanic vote problem and the inflation problem right away, that CNN and MSNBC, all Democrats, that they could find themselves a political minority for a generation. Here's CNN sounding the alarm about the inflation problem and how it's even worse than the Jimmy Carter era I just referenced with Joe. I'll show you the results of that in a minute. Check this out. Put the, this inflation in, in context. How bad is the surge in prices? Uh, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. And how people feel about it is even worse. You know, you look at the consumer sentiment right now. And what do you see? This is the worst consumer sentiment ever measured by the University of Michigan, going all the way back since 1952. Wow. Uh, it, you basically, even if you double my age, that doesn't get you back to 1952. And while I'm young, I'm not that young, right? Uh, the second worst, 1980. The third worst, 1980. I don't have to remind you, inflation got Jimmy Carter. It killed that presidency. And in terms of why are consumers feeling this bad? Well, it's pretty clear why they're feeling this bad. And that is because the consumer price index is the worst it's ever been in a midterm cycle since 74. It's the worst it's been in any uh, presidential cycle or midterm cycle since 1980. So it's not much of a surprise. You can see it. It's literally off the charts on the table on your screen. Folks, the 1980 presidential election is the Democrats' worst nightmare. It's the dystopia they don't want to repeat. I'll show you what I mean by that in a second. But that's why that CNN contributor there references. After Ronald Reagan won and defeated Carter in 1980, yeah, throw the map up. What the hell? Might as well see. Here's the map of what it looked like. 
Carter was an incumbent. Carter was the president. Ladies and gentlemen, it is really, really hard to defeat an incumbent president. Ask Mitt Romney. Even though Obama was probably the second worst president in modern times after Joe Biden, he still won handily over Mitt Romney. It's hard. Defeating an incumbent president is tough. Look at the 1980 election. Ronald Reagan, former governor of California, right? Runs against Jimmy Carter. Look at this route on the screen. Carter, here's the states Carter won. Hold on. The list is going to take a long time. Minnesota, Georgia, West Virginia, Maryland, Hawaii. Oh, Rhode Island, too. I'm sorry. I missed Rhode Island there. That's uh, D.C. We could throw D.C. in there. There you go. There's the list. Exhaustive. That's all. Carter got destroyed. 489 electoral college votes to 49. Not only did Carter lose, he was humiliated. Ladies and gentlemen, it got worse four years later. Ronald Reagan won every state except, what was it, D.C. and Minnesota, where Walter Mondale was from. The Democrats lost effectively the entire country. The CNN contributor is not doing this because CNN is interested in the truth. They are doing it because when consumer sentiment, in other words, how you, the American consumer, feels about the economy, is at the lowest recorded number in modern history, it says to you, there is a problem when Hispanic voters are leaving in droves. It is a problem. And the problem, I'm telling you, is inflation. And I'll tell you why, coming up in a second, why inflation changes everything. There is a terrific Wall Street Journal piece, and they're behind a paywall. I'm sorry, that's why I don't include them in the show notes. But if you have a subscription to the journal, it is worth your time. I believe it's a Holman Jenkins piece explaining why inflation, not just the price hike, but why it changes everything going forward. And the good news, folks, why we may be looking at a 10 or 20 year run of conservative politics and another Reagan morning in America again. Okay, back to the show. Why did we see that 1980 political earthquake? Ronald Reagan, the outsider, destroying the incumbent Democratic president in the high inflation era. Why did we see Reagan get reelected in 1984 in one of the biggest electoral landslides in presidential history? Well, we saw that happen because of inflation. It is not just the price hikes. The Wall Street Journal has this piece up. It is Holman Jenkins. It's called Inflation and the Trump Factor. I can't recommend it enough. It is a very, very good piece. So what else does inflation do besides hiking prices? Well, Jenkins notes, bear with me. I'm going to read just two short paragraphs, but it's super important. Joe, you remember the inflation of the 70s, right? I vaguely remember it. I was very young, very young, but I certainly remember the 80s. The great inflation of the 70s, in contrast, persisted for more than a decade, folks, with many false dawns, because politicians at every step preferred to accommodate inflation rather than fight it. Yet none really foresaw the consequences of this choice. Hold one second on that. You can crush inflation, but you have to hike interest rates, sometimes dramatically. That's going to have to happen now, too. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hike interest rates, as I've been telling you for weeks, you make money harder to get. Businesses need money through loans. People need money to buy cars and homes. If you can't get it, the economy basically stops and you go into a recession. Simple explanation, but true. They noted that persistent inflation proved to be a dagger aimed at certain tried and true habits of the federal government. Here's what else inflation did that blew up the politics of the 1980s and destroyed the Democrat Party for almost 20 years. 
Inflation blew up the longstanding tax code with high top tax rates and downward creeping brackets that automatically hike taxes on the middle class. Hold, come back to me for a second. We'll go back to that. It's not just that the prices go up, folks. When the prices go up, wages have to go up to try to keep pace. So people get raises. So Joe, who made, say, let's say Joe in the 80s was making $30,000 a year and inflation's running at 7, 8%. Joe says to the employer, I want a 7% raise. The employer's like, okay, well, at least keep you up with inflation. Joe got no raise. You understand that, right? 7% inflation, Joe gets a 7% raise. You understand he effectively has no raise. Everybody gets that, right? They're all liberals listening. I got to be slow. Right. But what's the problem? You know, let's say Joe's making whatever now, 34,000, 35,000. Joe may find himself in a higher tax bracket. And if he doesn't find himself in that higher tax bracket that year, he'll most certainly find himself in a higher tax bracket in the next coming years. So now think about this. Why does inflation blow up politics? Because not only is Joe making just the same amount of money despite getting a raise because inflation's eating it all up, Joe finds himself making less money and giving it to the government because at Joe's effective real wage, the same wage he was making before, he's now paying higher taxes. Yeah, thanks. Because he's in a higher tax bracket (laughs) because the number goes up. Yeah, you remember that, Joe? Index brackets? Now, ladies and gentlemen, Americans find themselves, they were looking at their checks going, wait, what do you mean? How do you, what do you mean I'm now paying 30, 40% tax rates? They note that inflation also blew up sprawling federal establishments devoted to uh, trying to regulate prices and availability of transport and energy across the national economy. The entire airline regulation that was regulated, Jimmy Carter was forced to break the whole thing down because inflation blew up their whole price control, all their entire monopoly. It was a piece of it. It wasn't the only piece. Folks, it blew up everything. It's not just the prices going up. It's more than that. Now, they know what they have to do to crush inflation, but Jenkins writes in the piece, that's why the Trump part is in the headline, that the reason they're not crushing inflation right now, one of them, is because they know they'll have to cause a recession, and they don't want a recession before 2024 because what will happen? Trump will get back in office. That's hence the headline, inflation and the Trump factor. Now, The good news. Is there a bright side to all this? Jenkins notes this. Lost on the voters at the time was just how coherently government ended up responding to the crisis with the Carter deregulations, the Reagan tax reforms, and the Fed's turn towards Milton Friedman monetarism. It's no exaggeration to say the 1970s inflationary upheaval produced the resurgent 80s and 90s. Folks, it's no exaggeration to say this now. We haven't, I think it's fair to say, fellas, I think you'd all agree. We haven't had to make the choice between having the cake and eating it too. The government, swampy Republicans and Democrats have chosen a welfare state. They've chosen a lie to voters telling them we'll take care of your whole life through Social Security. We'll pay your Medicare. If you make a certain amount of money, we'll pay for all your Medicaid. We'll send your kids to school and we'll pay for your college. We'll do all that. And you know what? It's been largely free for Americans. Yeah, we pay taxes, but there hasn't been a bankruptcy. People like me have been warning now for two decades of my life and a decade in politics. I've been warning my family and before that as I got turned on to conservative economics that sooner or later, there's chickens were going to come home to roost, that this money had to come from somewhere. Where that money is going to come from is going to happen now. This inflation is going to eat away every single American savings and everything you thought you got for free. You thought you got for free. All of a sudden, there's a cost. 
I understand you paid into Social Security. I understand that. I understand there's a Medicare, uh, there's a Medicare function in your payroll taxes. I understand that. I'm not telling you, you didn't pay into it. What I'm telling you is that money you paid in was already spent. And the money you're getting now is not there. It's coming from a bunch of IOUs. Those IOUs are now going to be paid. This could change the welfare state going forward. You may find that they tell current seniors now, you guys are good. Next generation, we don't have any money for this stuff. Watch. Seismic shift coming. And I'm telling you, it's for the better in the long run. Because you're going to find our seniors are going to be the first ones bankrupted by this. All right, let me just get to this last story because it's an important one. Here's some audio that emerged of Hunter Biden. It was played on Hannity's show last night. Hunter Biden saying basically his dad is in his back pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, this would be the easiest influence peddling case I've ever seen in my history of law enforcement if we had a serious DOJ and an attorney general. I want you to listen to this tape. This is the drug-addicted son of the president of the United States who apparently has a problem making sex tapes over on a recorded audio telling people how basically his dad does whatever he wants. Check this out. He's going to talk about drug reform and any other thing that I want him to. Mm-hmm. He'll talk about um, mm-hmm. anything that I want him to that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, mm-hmm. then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his, of his platform. Mm-hmm. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Now, the overlooked portion of that audio tape, You think the Chinese, the Russians, and the Ukrainians who abused access to Hunter Biden, you think they don't have that too? You think they don't have similar recordings of him saying similar things? Understanding that access to him was access to the dad? We have a man in the White House who's corrupted, ladies and gentlemen. The evidence is everywhere. This is the easiest influence peddling federal case I have ever seen in my life, and our attorney general is sitting on his rump doing absolutely nothing about it. We have a corruptocrat in the White House. And they're all letting it happen. All right, folks. Got to run uh, my radio show today. Got Jenna Ellis as a guest. You're not going to miss that. Going to cover some of this content today later. Got a little bit more as well. So don't miss it. I will see you there later. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, helps us move up the charts. Apple, Spotify, and most importantly on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.